Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of the Determined Mom Show. I have the wonderful Kathy Fritz here, and she is a board-certified master hormone coach. So welcome, Kathy. Thanks, Amanda, and hello to all of your listeners. Yes, it's very exciting to have you. And this is a very interesting and perplexing and puzzling and confusing topic that we're going to talk about today, and that is perimenopause or not, and how you can know if that is really what is going on with your body. First, let's learn a little bit about you and how in the world did you get started in hormone coaching? My background is education. So I was a high school English teacher, thought I would be forever. Then I had my kids, and I know you can relate to this. Suddenly, you want to change your schedule a little so you can be home more. I know you did something similar in your own business. So I switched to virtual teaching before it was the cool, trendy thing to do. And that was great for about seven years. And then in the midst of all of that, I was having my own hormonal imbalances. I was in my late 30s and nobody was talking about the possibility that my hormones were already shifting in perimenopause because believe it or not, perimenopause can start as early as 35. We think of it as this thing that happens when we are older and then we get to 38, 42, and we're like, wait, I'm not old enough for this to happen. Sorry, honey, you are, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. So we'll get to that in a little bit. So my doctor trained in the medicine that she was went to school for said to me, okay, you can have the pill. That'll help. That'll clear up all this stuff. And I, it just didn't sit well. So I did my research and I found out why it didn't sit well, because the pill actually turns off communication between your brain and your ovaries. And I was like, no, I think they need to communicate better. I think there needs to be more communication here, not less. Long story short, did my research, discovered lots of different ways that I could support my hormones, support my body as it headed toward midlife. And something about educators, and you may know this, when we find out something and we see a need for teaching it, we're all over that. So I started my business more from that place of an educator and just wanting to teach as many women as possible about their bodies. So I got certified as a health coach and that was great. And I thought I was rocking it. And then I got certified as a master health coach. And the difference I learned was between teaching and coaching. Those are two different approaches. And I can get more into that in a minute. And then the last kind of piece of my puzzle was I got board certified over the summer. And that really thought I had dealt with all of my imposter syndrome issues. But getting board certified showed me that like I still had a little bit lingering there. And now being board certified, it's gone. Like I know I'm good at my job. I know I get how women get the results they want and let's go get them. That's awesome. I love that you had to have that little seal of approval from someone else. And that's so common in our, just in our brains. Amanda, I was so surprised. I was so surprised because I really didn't think I had any more imposter syndrome. And then it was only after I got that board certification and I was like, I feel a little bit, I feel like I own it in a way with zero hesitation. That's awesome. I'm glad that you got it. Just for your, just to wipe that last little crumb of imposter syndrome out of your plate there. But exactly. I am happy that you got it. We would trust you without that. So just so you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is such an interesting topic. And I love your story. Very familiar. If you've listened to any of the past episodes with many moms, that pregnancy, that 
childbirth, the having children, seeing them, wanting to be there for them. It just transforms everything about you. It really does. So it's such an interesting phenomenon. I think there should be a book just about that, like the, I don't know, psyche. I don't know what it is, but identity, I think. It's really an identity transformation. Oh, for sure. And I think people do try to tell us about it. Once you're a mom, you'll understand you're not going to change that much. And you don't change as a, like at your core, but your priorities really change. And I think one other thing that is different between us and our parents' generation is that our parents didn't necessarily have the options available to them that we do. Like my mom, like there was just no, she just had to go to work. Like it was the 80s. You have to go to work. That's just the thing that you have to do. There's no option. There's no work from home. There's none of that. I think we have a lot more options than our parents did. And we're, we're fine with exercising those options and doing what we need to do, adjusting our lifestyle. And I love it. And there's an additional layer of responsibility because we have all those options. You have to explore what's going to work. I didn't expect to become a virtual teacher. That certainly was not why I got my master's in teaching, but that's what worked. That's what worked for me and my family. And then when that stopped working and my interest was really pulling me elsewhere, starting a business, you had told my 20 three-year-old self that I would ever leave the classroom and start my own business, I would have been like, I'm sorry, you don't know me. I'm talking I'm about in. hormones. I'm in, really. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about what are some of the signs of perimenopause, because I know they can be very similar to a lot of the other things that go on, like thyroid issues mm -hmm. or just there's autoimmune disorders. Like there's just so many different things that can also be possibility how in the world can we really say yes it is perimenopause okay this is such a great question again i think a lot of women try to like use their age as the thing that would make them decide and as i said earlier that's not at all an indicator the first thing i want your you and your listeners to know is that symptom predate period changes so again, a lot of women think, oh, well, my period is starting to be a little wonky, then I'll know. And here's the thing. Our hormones start shifting before our period starts shifting. It's just like when we're going through puberty. I have a 13-year-old. She hasn't gotten her period yet. And believe me, she's riding that hormonal roller coaster every month just without a bleed. So in the same way, in perimenopause, we're starting to ride a new hormonal roller coaster. And so we're going to have symptoms. And our periods are not necessarily going to reflect those hormonal changes. So the symptoms vary widely, woman to woman and month to month. Great. Great. That clears uh, up. Really. That, <laughs> and so that's really helpful. So the common symptoms we hear about are like hot flashes and insomnia. Weight gain is starting to be talked about more. Some of the less common ones are like new BO. Like you're like, wait a second, like. I thought I had a deodorant that worked really well for me. And all of a sudden you're like, I smell all the time. So that can be a hormonal symptom. That's interesting. Because I always train myself to think, oh, it's just that deodorant isn't working anymore. And then you have to go find a different one. So like, I do think you do, especially if you do a natural deodorant, which yeah. listeners should be using. No, I think right. first friends, thank you. You do, you do have to switch up your natural deodorants. You do want to rotate through them. It's a pain in the butt because once you find something that works, you're like, why do I want to switch this? But our bodies adjust. Our bodies get used to things and we like to surprise our bodies in good ways. And one of those good ways is switching up your natural deodorant. I digress. Okay. So another kind of less common thing is hair loss here. 
And then hair growth, oh, places you don't want it. So all of a sudden you're like, that's coarse hair on my neck. That's a hormonal hair. You're having gobs of hair coming out just when you run your fingers through your hair. Again, hormonal. For those of your listeners who have gone through a pregnancy, there's a very common shedding that happens after the pregnancy. So you already, you know that hormones can make you lose your hair. Brittle nail is another really strange hormonal symptom. Hot mouth, like burning mouth, burning tongue. I've never experienced that one. Hopefully you won't. And here's the thing. Not everybody has a super symptomatic perimenopause. Those women, you are lucky and you are not. You don't need my services. But a lot of women have maybe not super intense every month perimenopausal symptoms, but some months seem worse than others. Or every month seems like, wow, like this is not fun. Those are the women that I end up working with. It's so funny. In my work, I always find that certain things are cyclical. Like I had a lot of women struggling with hair loss earlier in the spring. I have right now a lot of PMDD clients. So PMDD is like PMS to this degree that is super life interruptive, like your moodiness is out of control. It's really difficult. And so right now I just seem to have more of those clients. It's, it changed again, it seems seasonal almost like where, what people are drawn to work on with me. Yeah. Is it seasonal? Just out of question. Yeah. Like that was like, I'm like, that's weird. But then again, it like it makes sense because in the fall, the leaves shed. There, there's just all of these things that happen depending on the weather and mm. depending on. I don't have enough data to say one way or the other, but I'm going to track that now. And <laughs> think like, huh, do I get a lot more hair loss people in like late winter, early spring? Is PMDD coming up more in summer? I don't know. It's a great question. I think that would be very interesting to figure that out. We, I know we cycle with the lunar calendar and all of those things. So it's just a, a very interesting tie that our bodies have to nature that we underestimate, I think. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. So that's uh, an overarching, like, is the perimenopause or not? If you're noticing month to month that you're having these experiences and if you're unhappy, if you do not like the symptoms, if you believe that your body's trying to tell you something, follow that intuition. You are so wise. Women understand themselves so well. Can I tell you, Amanda, in my coaching, I really don't tell my clients what to do because I don't know them the way they know themselves. If you are unhappy and you're having symptoms on a regular basis, and even if those symptoms are varying month to month, then there are things that you can do to help your body naturally balance your hormone. That's very interesting that you say that. I had an experience where like, I just knew that the things that were happening to me were not correct. Mm. It just, okay, this has never happened before. Why is it happening now? And then the doctors are like, oh, it's blah, 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 like dismissive. And I think that's in America, unfortunately. And a lot of our listeners are overseas. So hopefully your doctors are, might be a little different than the healthcare mill that we have here in America, where they just try to it's shove you out the door mill. in 10 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. The doctors here are very dismissive. They're very like, what is the easiest thing that we can tell her that this is? without having to really do a lot of other work. That's how I feel like it is. So I'm so sorry you had that experience. And it's similar for women when they go about their hormones. They're told like, just the phase of life you're in. It's your age. It's part of being a woman. It's part of, and then they're told, well, you can do nothing or you can 
take a pharmaceutical, whether that's taking going on the pill, whether that's bioidentical hormone replacement. And there is a middle ground. And that's where I come in. I am the middle ground person because we, my clients and I, we work with food, movement, and lifestyle. We don't touch any of the other stuff. If all of that doesn't work, then yes, maybe bioidentical hormone therapy is going to help you. Wouldn't it be nice if by slightly changing the way you fuel your body, by making an addition to your movement routine, by prioritizing your sleep, if that had an impact, wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice because it would eliminate a lot of chemicals and side effects. And then that's the other thing with medicine is that you take a medicine and then you're going to have a whole new set of symptoms because that is not what your body is really supposed to be having. There's just a whole thing to that and it just makes it even harder. And sometimes it compounds your health, your health symptoms and your overall enjoyment of life. Absolutely. And no, I'm not anti-medication, Amanda. I just, I want women to have the resources to feel empowered to try some things on their own that very well might move the needle significantly on how they feel on a day-to-day and month-to-month basis. And I love that you're, I feel like you're the starting point of like where we should try working with Kathy first. (laughs) Then (laughs) if that doesn't work, then we can go figure something else out. But I really feel like hormone coaching and hormone, just figuring out what is going on with your body. Do you do a lot of tracking? Do you do like how... That's a good question. So I, again, follow my clients' lead. For some clients, tracking makes a lot of sense. Like my PMDD clients, they tend to track because they really want to understand when do my really tough symptoms start? And then what tools am I going to employ before and during that really difficult time? So in that situation, yes, they're going to track. Other clients might track for a little bit. Maybe they're trying to see if they have a food sensitivity, or maybe they're curious, how much is my period really changing month to month? Is it consistently at 26 days now instead of 28? So when they want data, then they will track. I leave that up to them. We certainly can have a conversation about it, but it's always from a place of curiosity on my part. What is it you want to learn about your body? And is tracking the best way to do it? If so, go for it, girl. If there's actually other ways that you want to gather this data, then let's do that. A common question I get is, should I have my hormones tested? And here's the thing. Your blood and your urine are going to tell one story and your symptoms are going to tell a story. Those two stories do not always level out. They're not always telling the same story. So doctors are really interested in the testing story. What does your urine say? What does your blood say? I'm really interested in your symptom story. If you want to do hormone testing, go right ahead. And it can certainly give you more information about what's going on in your body. I wouldn't say not to do it, but it's not part of what I do. And it's pretty much never covered by insurance because it's preventative. Again, in the US, we don't do preventative. Exactly. The symptomatic story is the thing that matters to me. And to my clients usually, because it doesn't really matter what their blood or their urine is saying, they're having this experience and that's what they need help with. Now, I don't want this to come across like I'm being mean about doctors. I actually love partnering with doctors because they have great medical training. They know way more about certain aspects of a woman's body than I do. I like to partner with them because they want their patients to get relief too. And so when they can say, here's this woman that can help you with actually 
making a goal and sticking to it. That's my job. I don't create the goals for my clients. They create their goals. And then we meet every week and talk about our little going and take baby steps towards this vision they have of what their life should be. That's awesome. And probably how they want to feel, right? Absolutely. So I have a question that it just pops in my mind because I had a meeting earlier this week with one of my healthcare professionals and she was laughing about the fact that they called my pregnancy, oh, advanced maternal age. That's what they're at. least they didn't say geriatric pregnancy. Well, I know that was That's not the thing that I'm going to bring up. So <sighs> there's an interesting kind of overlap here that I'm seeing in that you said that perimenopause can start as early as 35 mm. and they start considering pregnancy over the age of 35, a geriatric or advanced maternal age pregnancy. Is there something that they're just like not talking about with us that like between 35 and 45 that it just seems like there's like this gray area there that they're not really saying, oh, I don't know. It just is weird to me that those ages overlap. Like it's exactly the same age when these two things can happen. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I don't, I have never read anything about this, but if I were just to use my like educated guess, the, since perimenopause can start at 35, the hormone, the sex hormonal shift that exists during perimenopause is slowly but surely your progesterone is decreasing over the course of perimenopause and your estrogen is doing this kind of up and down month to month until it also starts to decrease. So then at the end of perimenopause, once you've hit menopause, your progesterone and your estrogen are pretty low. So that can that process can start as early as 35. So I'm guessing that they assign advanced maternal age to anything over 35, recognizing that this sex hormone change can start as early as 35. So I think one of the interesting pieces of my work has been women who are postpartum and perimenopausal. Which I'm sure is going to be me in, in a few months. <laughs> and your additional autoimmune. So exactly. I mean, you're going to be busy and an infant. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. Three other kids and a business yeah. and a husband and a house. And, yeah. yeah. All Just those things. Little. Just a little bit of busyness. It's been interesting to walk with women who are truly in perimenopause and have very young children. I think one of the most fascinating pieces I, for me, the science nerd found out during all of my learning has been that our brain actually recalibrates several times throughout our lives. One is in puberty. If you have a pregnancy, it recalibrates then. That's why a lot of autoimmune starts with pregnancy or whatever. Like I have a friend whose celiac was triggered by pregnancy and we know that's autoimmune. A lot of thyroid issues get triggered by a pregnancy. And then this all has to do with this brain recalibration. Guess what? Perimenopause is another brain recalibration time. So the, what's interesting to me about this is perimenopause is a window of opportunity. During this window of opportunity, we get to make choices about how we fuel our bodies, move our bodies, and treat our bodies that are going to impact our longevity, that are going to impact the quality of our goals and years. So that's another reason, like this is where the educator in me really comes out. Like this information is essential to get to women in their late 30s, early 40s, because your window of opportunity is from your is during perimenopause. Once you hit menopause, which is twelve months bef between your most recent bleed, and so when it's that's very unclear. When it's been twelve months since you've had a bleed, then you that is your menopause day. After that, you're post menopause. Okay, a lot of times people will call use the word menopausal to refer to that, but just technically, menopause is one day. 
Um, interesting. And I, don't yeah, know that. I plan to throw myself a party. I know. Awesome. Oh, for sure. I, one of the, again, I, I get a little tangential here, but one of the other pieces of my work is unstigmatizing this time of middle age and, you know, moving towards menopause. I mentioned my 13 year old daughter hasn't gotten her period yet. When she does, we're having a period party. hundred percent celebrating this. Yep. And my family's going to celebrate my menopause day. Happening. I love it. I love it. I love it. You, I, yes, we got to change the narrative, right? And in the work you're doing with the marketing and Google business and all of that stuff, there's a narrative there that as a woman, I am definitely finding myself pushing up against and your podcast and your client work is helping me change that narrative. Awesome. And so I'm trying to do the same with this, all this midlife stuff. I truly appreciate it. And I think I, you just taught us, I'm sure everyone else, but definitely me, something that I didn't know that menopause is only one day in your life. So that's cool. And then I love the thought of having a menopause party because I, we're getting ready to have a few period parties soon in our head <laughs> sometime soon, I'm sure. But I love that. I love the celebration. And I think once we get to that age also, or this age, we're also closer than we ever have been to the people around us. There's just a different connection that we have. And I love the idea of doing that. There's still like some secretiveness about this. Like even among friends, I feel like it's, hey, you have hot flashes. Yes, I've been having hot flashes and I'm a little, I'm embarrassed. No, you got to talk with your girlfriends and you got to find out like, hey, are you having this too? Okay, what are you doing? What information are you finding out there to help with this? And that's why I think it's important to celebrate when we have these kind of big moments in our lives as women. Menopause to me, is a time where I get to, I'll get to shed one identity and really embrace another one. Menopause is a time of wisdom. It's a time of being able to guide others and really embracing your success. When I, and that doesn't have to be financial. I feel like too often the word success and financial are married to each other, but success can look like a lot of different things. Maybe it's that all your kids are out of your house. Maybe it's that you didn't choose to have kids and now because you're in menopause, you can do all the traveling you wanted to do without worrying about when am I getting my period? What, how much do I have to bring for product wise and medication wise so I don't be crampy or whatever? That's all gone. I think there's a lot to celebrate there. It's a certain type of freedom that you're stepping into, a certain type of just a shift in mindset and you know, how you feel. And you can be sad that I could, if I wanted to have a child, I couldn't anymore. Okay to feel some sadness about that, but let's not get stuck there. Or let's not get stuck in, oh, this means I'm old. Not everybody gets to go to menopause, to be in menopause. Not everybody gets to get to that point. It's a blessing. So that mindset shift, I think is huge for our culture. It has to happen. I agree. And I'm very happy that you're here talking about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for offering the space for it. I hope it's helpful to your listeners. I know it's not exactly business. No, but this podcast is all about anything that can help moms, women, anything, anything we can think of. And I know a lot of your listeners are either solopreneurs or small business owners. And when I think about us, because as a solopreneur myself, I think about, okay, how can we bring this to that space to our workspace. If you have colleagues, being open with them about either what's going on, if that's appropriate, or being kind to yourself and knowing, okay, this is a really tricky time of my life, this particular week of my cycle. So at work, I'm actually going to do 
podcast because I know it doesn't take a lot of brain power, not a lot of creativity. Or if you find that if you're still menstruating in your the beginning of your bleed week, you really like to go internal. That's not the time to be like stewing your podcast. So really starting to learn your body and what it needs, not just support wise, like how you feed it, how you move, how you take care of it, but also like in your work, what is your body telling you about what makes sense to do this week and work? That makes sense. And I think paying attention to our bodies can help us so much more than just ignoring how we feel and trying to trudge through and get everything done and all that stuff. I think it actually can make you more successful and productive if you really lean into, okay, what week is this for me and how are my hormones and Okay, this is a creativity week. I am like zipping along here. Okay, let me create that blog post. Let me create newsletter, whatever it is. And while you're all at it, do a few more. Really? <laughs> the energy. So that way you don't have to do the break. Ride that natural energy. And when it's low, ride that too. And do tasks in your business that are less intense or that energize you rather than take from you. It's funny that you say that because I have always been pregnant when I'm at a job, right? Like when I'm working for someone else, this is the only pregnancy that I've actually had the ability to, if I'm tired, I'm going to go take a nap. Like, glad to hear you say that. I'm just following what my body wants. And my husband's encouraging me to do that because, you know, obviously I'm a little older now and like I, I'm stressed and have all this stuff on my plate, but you know, it's just been really nice to be able to do that. And I think I'm going to continue that after giving birth, which I would have never done before. But I think this experience of being pregnant and self-employed has really helped me to be able to like just do what I need to do in that moment. So you're just leaning right into that intuition, that inner wisdom. I love it. And I encourage all of you to do it because it has definitely made a huge difference in how I feel about everything. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's amazing. When we hold space for ourselves, to lean into that intuition, how much it impacts not just like that moment, but truly our day-to-day experiences. Yes, exactly. Yep. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being here. Where can everyone get more information about working with you, about what you do, and how you can help us figure out if it is really perimenopause or not? So head over to my website, kathyfritzcoaching.com, and right on that page, I have four surprising ways to reduce your hot flashes, insomnia, and waistline. So that is an awesome free resource that I have. And you can certainly poke around on that website. I'm also going to be launching a member shortly. So I I recommend that anyone listening who is curious about that, get that free download. We'll be, we'll be connected. And that way, when that membership rolls out, you can hop right in. If you are really struggling, though, I, I recommend you just set up a call with me. We'll meet. We'll talk. I'll hear all about what's going on and we'll go from there. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us, your expertise, and we truly appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda's listeners. She's amazing as you're amazing for listening. Thank you. Let's face it, piecing together a marketing plan with the things you hear, watch, or read online while tempting is never a good idea. The truth is people don't search on social media for your services. And even if they do, they will still be going to Google to check your ratings. 
By not having a cohesive, proven marketing system, you are leaking clients and customers through giant holes in your customer acquisition bucket. Let's talk about what else isn't working. Posting tirelessly on social media, tracking followers as a business metric for success, paying for ineffective marketing, buying glossy ads in coupon magazines, spending time replying to comments, paying others to manage your social media with no actual sales coming in. So what is going to work? Having a proven marketing system in place will plug every hole in your bucket and allow you to begin to fill up with new customers and to also retain and nurture your current ones. Go to tdm-marketing forward slash six dash marketing dash musts and download our free guide to six marketing musts guaranteed to get you more customers.